This message was presented at the GYC 2011 conference. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Alright, uh, good morning everyone. And uh, welcome to GYC. And uh, welcome to this uh, module where we will be talking about the Holy Spirit. Are you excited this morning? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, I'm going to invite you to pray with me because uh, we want to get right into the Word of God. And by the way, how many of you have your Bibles? Are you ready to get into the Word? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you at this time, Lord, because we are in need of a word from you. Father, we want to know what it means to have the Holy Spirit. Please, Lord, I ask that you would take this message, Lord, and Lord, allow it to reach the hearts of your people. We want to be ready for your soon coming. And we want to know what it takes to be prepared for that soon coming. Please, Lord, Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have um, decided to ask a question at the beginning of uh, each presentation that I will do uh, today. And I think it's a very telling question. Um, How many of you want the Holy Spirit? So here's my question. The question is, Do you really want the Holy Spirit? (laughs) Because I don't know, after these presentations, you might think twice (laughs) about what you're asking for. What does it mean to really, really want the Holy Spirit? I mean, are you really ready for the Holy Spirit? Are you really wanting the Holy Spirit to fill you? Because we look at the glorious side, we look at the things that come with the Holy Spirit, the preaching of the gospel and, you know, the finishing up of the work. But, but I want to share with you today that when we ask for the Spirit, we really need to count the cost of what we're asking for. So, um, I've entitled this message, The Unknown Jesus. The unknown Jesus. And uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at some parables. Okay? Uh, I want you to open your Bibles, first of all, to the book of 1 John. 1 John. First John chapter 4, verse 13. When you get there, please say Amen. The Bible says, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us of his what? Spirit. So very simply then, the Bible lets us know that the way that we know Jesus, and in fact the only way that we can know Jesus, is by having the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is given to us so that we can get to know Jesus. Jesus. Amen? Amen. And beloved, that's the whole point of salvation is we want to get to know Jesus. That's what saves us. It is in knowing Jesus Christ. Again, the name of the message, the unknown Jesus. Do you really know what it means to know Jesus? Do you really understand what it means to have the Spirit of God? Because it is the Spirit of God that we need to prepare us for when Christ comes again. Amen? How many of you want to be ready when Jesus comes again? Without the Spirit, you can't be ready. So, so let's check this out. I want you to go with me first to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. We will begin with verse 42. Matthew 24, verse 42. The Bible says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken up. How many of you are watching for Jesus' coming? The Bible goes on to say, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man, what? 
cometh, the Son of Man cometh. Notice what it says in verse 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord have made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Let me ask you something. What does God call us to do while he is away? According to the verse. To watch and he sets us over his household to give uh, what? Meat in due season, right? It goes on to say, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord, what? Delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants. What does that mean? What do you think that means? Smite his fellow servants. To, to, to go after, to attack, uh, um, to criticize, or whatever word you want to put in there. It is to be at odds with your fellow servants. Notice what it goes on to say. And to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware, and he shall cut him asunder and appoint, and, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. <clears throat> we don't want to be part of that weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen? Amen? We want to be ready when Jesus comes. We want, when Jesus comes, we want him to be able to look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, well, this parable leads us into a second parable. Now, Matthew 25, verse 1, you'll notice there that Jesus actually just keeps on speaking. So this is a continuation of what we've just read. And now we find being introduced the parable of the what? Ten virgins. These parables connect. In fact, I'm going to show you that all the parables we will look at today actually connect. Now notice what it says in verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. <clears throat> and five of them were wise and five were foolish. I want you to jump back and look at that word then in, in verse 1. Then shall the kingdom. So when is then? Alright, it would have been, according to the verses we read before, at, that, at the end of time when, when uh, uh, the, the hypocrites are, are given their portion. At that time, the Bible says, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, right? Notice what it says. Five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. Now look at this word foolish, and you know what, the, what it says in Strong's Concordance? Blockheaded. <laughs> Blockheaded. That's quite interesting. Don't be blockheaded. <laughs> be wise. Be wise. It says, They that were foolish took their lamps and took no what? Oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your what? Oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. So here we find the bridegroom coming. And, and the five foolish took their lamps, but they had no what? Oil. Now you help me. What does the oil represent? Holy Spirit. So they had no Holy Spirit. Watch this. <clears throat> Verse 10, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Okay, pause. How many of you just made the connection? Remember our opening verse? The Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can what? 
know Jesus. Right? So that we can be prepared for His coming. And here you have a group of people who had light but did not know Jesus. They had no oil and Jesus Himself says it, I know you what? I know you not. What does the lamp represent? Go with me to Psalm 119, 105 very quickly. Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, 105, the Bible tells us here, Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a what? Lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So this lamp that the wise and the foolish are carrying represent what? The word of God. Now, how many of you have the word of God with you today? Alright? How many of you understand the word of God? Okay, let's try it again. How many of you understand the Word of God? Come on, you make me... That's why you're here, most of you, for the most part. You're here because you understand about the Sabbath and about the state of the dead. Amen? 23rd day prophecy. You understand the Word of God. But very important lesson to see here, beloved, is that understanding the Word of God does not equate to having the Holy Spirit. The five foolish had the Word of God. In fact, Proverbs chapter 6 verse 23 tells us that God's law is like a light or like a lamp. So not only did the five foolish virgins have the word of God, they had the law of God. And yet they did not know Jesus because they did not have the Holy Spirit. They had the word. They had the commandments. But they did not have the Spirit. John 4, verse 22. Notice what the Bible says. John chapter 4, verse 22. Jesus is speaking here. John chapter 4, verse 22. The Bible says, Ye worship what ye know not. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers, the what? True worshipers, or the wise worshipers, shall worship the Father in what? Spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in what? Truth. Beloved, it is not enough to just have an intellectual knowledge of the truth. It's not enough to just know the commandments and believe in the commandments. You have to know Jesus. So now I want to take you to a third parable, and this parable actually picks up with this very question or this very issue of knowing the commandments but not knowing Jesus. We're going to go to the parable of the Good Samaritan. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And I want you to notice how the parable begins. Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 25. The Bible says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the what? Law, how readest thou? He answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. He said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. So get the picture here. Uh, um, this, uh, uh, this lawyer is asking a question about what needs to be done to inherit eternal life, and Jesus directs him to what? To the law. And, and, and this man uh, uh, professes to have done what? Kept the law, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That, that's just the answer I was looking for, Jesus. This man obviously had what? The light of truth. Amen? Notice what it goes on to say. Verse 29, But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my what? Neighbor. And Jesus answered, saying, and now begins the parable of the Good Samaritan. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. 
And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on what? The other side. He passed by on the other side. It's an interesting term. He passed by on the other side. Now what's happening here? This priest sees a man. The man is wounded. And uh, the priests were the very ones that were in charge of, of the law of God. They were the ones that were to be interceding for individuals that were hurt and wounded. This priest had a knowledge of truth. But when he looked at this man, the Bible says he separated himself. What did he do? He separated himself. He passed by, as it were, on the other side. It's interesting, when you look at this word neighbor, it's from the Greek word plesion, and it means near. Near. Who is my neighbor? <laughs> Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? That was the question. And it's interesting that this priest, he sees the man and he passes by on the other side. I don't want to get too near. Now, it's quite interesting. I've thought about this scenario. What do you think uh, would have happened if this priest that was passing by maybe saw like... When he looked at the man, he recognized that it was his, his nephew or his uncle or his son. What do you think he would have done? He would have went over there and he would have been weeping and crying. And, you know, if you were walking by, you would have seen a man full of compassion, wouldn't you? But he doesn't know the man. Do you really want the Holy Spirit? He doesn't know the man, and so what happens is that he passes by on the other side. You see, a neighbor to him would have been someone that he knew, someone that was a friend of his, someone that maybe had similar uh, uh, likes and maybe similar dislikes. Uh, that would be his neighbor, you know, his, his boy, his, his friend, uh, uh, his cousin, his family. That was his neighbor. Do we do the same today? Do we sit in the, in, 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 in the house of God having the light of truth but when we see someone who's hurting when we see someone who is wounded we say, well, you know, I don't know that person. Or, well, you know, that's, she's in somebody else's clique so let them minister. And so, the story goes on. Luke 10, verse 33, or verse 32. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Levite, the same thing. A man who was held in high esteem and high regard, and yet he sees a stranger, and the Bible says he simply passes by on the other side. He didn't know him. He didn't what? He didn't what? No. Please, remember that. He did not know him. I hope you're thinking with me. He did not know him. So, so, the Bible says, uh, verse 34, verse 33, but a certain what? Samaritan. Now, you know that the Samaritans were considered, you know, enemies of the Jews. You're not our neighbors. <clears throat> Can you imagine the Samaritan walking along and probably seeing an a, a injured Jew? You know, his attitude should have been what? Oh, yes, ha, an injured Jew. <laughs> Woohoo! He deserves it, right? But it says a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. That's interesting. Came where he was. And when he saw him, he had what? Compassion. He had what? Compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil. Hmm. 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 
pouring in oil. 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 Hint, hint. (laughs) Pouring in oil. This Samaritan had compassion. Now, now, for the sake of time, I, I, I wanna, we're, we're just going to talk about this next parable. You remember a story that was given, uh, another parable Jesus gave, about a man who owed a great debt. Do you remember that story? And, and his master said, I'm going to throw you in prison until you pay the whole debt. And what happens is that the man begins to plead, have mercy on me. And then it says his Lord had compassion. He forgave him the debt. The guy goes out and he sees someone that owes him a fraction of what he owed his master, his Lord. And he grabs him by the throat and says, give me what you owe me. And the guy says, please have mercy with me. But the guy does not have what? Mercy. Servants see it, they go back to the Lord and and his Lord and, and he brings him back to his Lord and says, listen, I had mercy on you. Should you not have had compassion on those that owe you? Do you really, really, really want the Holy Spirit? Do you understand, do you realize that regardless if you have the truth of the Word of God, if you are not willing to be compassionate, if you are not willing to forgive those, who owe you something. Let me just see a show of hands. How many of you in here think someone's, someone owes you something? <laughs> like an apology. <laughs> Come on. <let's> see. <laughs> Someone's done something to you and, and you, you want justice. You want vindication. You want to show that, that, that you're right. You want them to pay. You want them to grovel as it were. <laughs> Could it be that this Samaritan gave compassion because somewhere in his past he had experienced compassion? The Bible says that he drew near. (laughs) He came close. He went and bound up his wounds with two things. (laughs) With oil and with wine. Now let me ask you something. You help me, Bible students, because you all have lamps, right? Amen. You have lamps. So, So what does the oil represent in the Bible? Oil represents the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The Levite and the, 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 the Pharisee, they both had lamps. But they didn't have any oil. The Samaritan comes along and he has oil and obviously the lamp. What does the wine represent in Scripture? The blood. So the Samaritan takes the oil and the wine, the Holy Spirit and the blood, and he and he uh, uh, he works on his enemy. Maybe he didn't hear that. He didn't hear that. Do you really want the Holy? Come on, think about your. Get the face of your enemy in your mind right now. Got you, you got the face? Raise your hand if you got the face. You're like, yeah, I got the face. <laughs> I have ten faces. <laughs> right? Okay, so, so you got the face. Now, now, I want you in your imagination. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But do you want the Holy Spirit? Amen. So in your imagination, imagine yourself working that person with the oil and with the blood. See, beloved, I believe that that is one of the greatest evidences of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. And you will see surely that Jesus takes that as one of, if not the greatest evidence of the Spirit working in you. So, so, 
Uh, 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 oh, let me read a statement here. Uh, um, Ellen White, speaking about the, the ten virgins and the oil, she says this, This is symbolic of those who have not prepared themselves by developing a character to stand in a time of crisis. It is as if they should go to their neighbors and say, Give me your character or I shall be lost. Those who, those who were wise or those that were wise could not impart their oil to the flickering lamps of the foolish virgins. Character is not transferable. You see, beloved, it's character that counts. And character is best demonstrated when nobody's looking. Levi thought nobody was looking. The Pharisee thought nobody was looking. The Samaritan thought nobody was looking, but somebody was looking. It goes on to say, uh, it is not to be bought or sold. It is not to be acquired. The Lord has given to every individual an opportunity to obtain a righteous character through the hours of probation, but he has not provided a way by which one human agent may impart to another the character which he has developed by going through hard experiences, by learning, by learning lessons from the great teacher so that he can manifest patience under trial and exercise faith so that he can move mountains of impossibility. It is impossible to impart the fragrance of love. It is impossible for one human heart to pour into another the love of God and humanity. What does that all represent? It represents the Holy Spirit. But if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to love. And what greater love can be demonstrated? Because I can love, you know... Now, yeah, you see your daughter hurt on the side of the road, your son, you're over there weeping. Oh. But what happens when you see your enemy wounded? You see, beloved, if we love those that love us, do not even the publicans the same? The greatest demonstration of the Spirit of God in you is when you can love your enemy, when you can come near, when you can be a neighbor <laughs> to those that hate you and want to see you hurt, want to see you wounded. So, so, so what, notice what happens. The, the, the innkeeper or the um, Samaritan brings him to the inn. It's interesting. Samaritans were looked upon with great contempt by the Jews. And in fact, when they wanted to, talk to uh, say to Jesus, you are full of a devil, you know what they called them? A Samaritan. I find that quite interesting because as I look at this parable, I see Jesus as the Samaritan. He is the one that is coming along and he sees you and I on the side of the road, wounded, injured. And what he does is he takes the Spirit and his own blood. And he takes care of us. And then he brings us to the inn. Anybody know where the inn is? <coughs> where is the inn? <laughs> he brings us to the inn, he drops us off, and then he says uh, uh, to, the, to, the, to the keepers of the inn, the host of the inn, take care of him. I'm going away. And when I come back, what? Oh, hey, you were bored for a little while too. <laughs> when I come back, oh, by the way, here's two pence. I'm leaving you some things to take care. I'm leaving you some gifts. To take care. 
Are you with me? Yes. What a lesson. Take care of him. It's interesting, we go back to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, and I want you to notice this. Matthew 25. It is quite interesting. Matthew 25, and I want you to notice um, verse 13. Remember, this is what ends the parable of the ten virgins. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, notice the very next verse. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. I'm just going to wait. Remember, what did we just read? Christ is a Samaritan who takes the things that are precious to him, you and I, brings them to the inn, the church, and says to the host, the members of the church, take care of my goods. And when I come back, when I come back, So we pause there and we go back to Matthew 25 and right after the parable of the ten virgins, he jumps right into the story. By the way, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who left to to go on a journey and left his goods with his people. (laughs) So so it it says uh, he went into a far country. Anybody know where the far country is? It's heaven. <laughs> it's heaven. And, and, and who called his own service, delivered unto them his goods. What are his goods? His people. Now watch this. And, he, and unto one he gave five talents, to another two. Wow. I'm giving you... I'm giving you everything you're going to need to take care of my goods. And so you know the story. Uh, he gives unto one five. He gives unto the other, what, two. And he gives unto the last one, one. And uh, when he comes back, what happens? The one who had five had multiplied. By the way, those gifts are the gifts of God's Spirit. The, the gifts of the Spirit are to be used to minister and to take care of God's good. How many times have you walked in the church and you said, well, he's not God's goods and she's not God's goods? <laughs> now, this is my friend. Now, he's God's goods. <laughs> yeah, I like him, man. He and I, we're on the same page. But him, man, I hate him. <clears throat> Listen, you guys may, may even think, you know what, hey, this sermon's not for me because uh, do you know how many people will be lost because they hated somebody? In fact, I'm going to show you by the end of this message that the five foolish virgins were murderers. What? I never heard that before. You're going to see it from the scripture. So, so watch this. Uh, 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 the Bible says that uh, when he comes back, uh, the, the, the master comes back and uh, he sees, you know, he, he goes to the one with five, he had doubled his talents. The one with two, the same. The one with one, what did he do? He dug it. Dug, dug the earth and put the talent in there. He didn't use it. The Bible says, verse 27, Thou ought to, thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto everyone that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance, but from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has, and cast ye the unprofitable servant into where? Into outer darkness. Why is the master so upset? Because we didn't take care of his goods. And notice when he comes, there is a what? 
Well, let's look at it this way. Let, let's look, let's look <coughs> at the very next verse, which introduces us to our final parable. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, remember, this is going straight on, right? When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the, the throne of His glory, and behold, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another. Remember. Remember, what did the Pharisee do? He separated himself. What did the Levite do? He separated himself. Now, when Jesus comes again, the Bible says he separates. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, uh, verse, verse 32 Before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Are you ready for this? Amen. I don't know if you're ready for this. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. <laughs> You're going to make me get excited. Alone, up here by myself. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. Oh, wait, wait. You okay? You got that? So, so, so. For I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Now, notice verse 37. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, When saw we thee hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked or clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? Lord, we never saw you. You must be mistaken. Well, well, I mean, there was a guy down the road that I saw on the side of the road that I, I helped him. But Lord, when did I see you? So, you remember our parable, the Good Samaritan? Um, remember the guy that was injured? The Bible says that that man descended from Jerusalem. He was coming down. And as he's coming down from Jerusalem... As he's coming down from Jerusalem, he is wounded and beaten. He is wounded and beaten. He was bruised. And so there he is on the side of the road. And the Bible says that the Pharisees passed by. I'm not going to save you. Save yourself. Do you know that the Bible says that as Jesus was on the cross, they passed by. Save yourself. We're not saving you. <laughs> Save yourself. Mm. 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 Beloved, I want, you, I want you to listen. You see, in this parable, not only was Jesus the Samaritan... He was also the guy that was wounded. 
So now, watch what Jesus is doing. He's trying to see how would we treat him if we didn't know who he was. Do you really have the spirit? <laughs> I mean, if we saw Jesus, we would run over and help him. Oh, Jesus, I mean, you're, you're struggling. You're, oh, let me help you. But when we look at an enemy, we see an enemy. <laughs> Are you with me? When we look at an enemy, we see an enemy. Could it be that we see an enemy because we don't have God's spirit? Or the oil? Of compassion. When do we see you? Come on, man. You know we have some people in this church who we just hope lightning strikes them. <laughs> I just hope, man. You know, I don't want to pray for you because if I pray for you, you might be saved. <laughs> and we wouldn't want that, would we? <laughs> so let me make it as difficult as possible for you to be saved. <laughs> We rejoice when sometimes when our people that we don't like, when they fall or when they stumble. And God is saying, what kind of spirit is that? Yeah, you may understand the Bible and understand the 2300 day prophecy and understand all these things. But if you don't have the spirit of compassion, you don't know me. When did we see you? You know what he answers? He says... The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of these, the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto who? Unto me. Verse 44. Then shall they also answer him, or rather verse 45. Rather verse... <laughs> verse... Uh, oh man, where are you? Is it verse... No, no, no. Verse 41. 41. There we go. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed. Separate from me. Separate from me, you cursed. Into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty you gave me no drink. I was a stranger you took me not in. Naked you clothed me not. Sick and in prison you visited me, you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, thirsty, straight, or a stranger, naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Are you getting the picture? The unknown Jesus. When did we see you? And treat you bad. When did we gossip about you, Lord? Gossip, Lord, I never gossiped about you. God says, you don't realize. When I brought that stranger into your circle, when I brought that person, my goods, my gift, even though you thought he was an enemy... And for all intents and purposes, he could have been an enemy. But how do you treat those that hate you? And what happens, beloved, Jesus says, depart from me. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into what? Into life. If you love those that love you, what do you different than the publicans? But love your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use you, that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. Now, let's wrap this up. I want to take you real quick to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says, He that saith, I know him. Now, what's the only way that we know that we know God, that we know Jesus? Through his what? Through his spirit, right? He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his what? <laughs> 
commandments is a what? It's a liar. And the truth is not in him. We like that verse as Adventists. <laughs> See? You keeping us out? <laughs> Where's your lamp? I thought so. <laughs> but if we would look closely, we would see that in our lamp is no fire. <laughs> because for many of us, the oil of compassion is missing. You know, I know. We're gathered here because we want more light. We want more truth. We want more, you know, let's get deep into the word of God. I know, and I'm all for getting deep into the word of God. But beloved, there comes a point in time where if you don't have the oil of compassion, let me tell you something. I don't know, don't, please don't think of people. <laughs> but I don't know if you know people who know the truth, but can be very difficult to be around. Yeah, we're all here. You know, I mean... Can you imagine a, a Pharisee uh, convention? <laughs> All the Pharisees, they're in town, you know, they're, everybody's pious, right? Everybody's holy, everybody, man, whoa, the word of God, but all of them on the way in. I'm not, you understand what I'm saying? I'm giving you a scenario. All of them on the way in were talking about someone that they don't like or that they hate or whatever. When we got, when they, when they, when they <laughs> got together, it was just, oh, praise him. Glory to God. We are blessed here. <laughs> are you with me? 1 John 2, 9. 1 John 2, verse 9. I want you to notice 1 John 2, verse 9. He that saith he is in the light, and what? Hateth his brother, has no oil in his, I mean, is in darkness even until now. <laughs> There's no light in your lamp. If you say you love God, but you're unwilling to forgive. Verse 11, He that hated his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness. Just like the five foolish virgins whose lamps went out. Could it be that their lamps went out because there was someone that they hated? Could it be that their lamps went out because they did not have the oil of God's compassion? They did not have the oil of God's love. Come on, think with me now. Do you have that face in your mind? You really want the Holy Spirit? I want the Holy Spirit, but not that bad. <laughs> he must suffer. <laughs> She must suffer. And then the Bible tells us that he that hates his brother is what? Is a murderer. No, you may not have taken a knife to his, to his chest but if you hate your brother, the Bible says you're murder. You're guilty of murder. Could it be that the five foolish virgins thought they had truth, thought they, you know, the word of God was enough, that all they needed was to understand the 2300-day prophecy, the Sabbath, and all these things. All they needed to do was to just show that they loved conventions and see, I'm at the next convention. <laughs> <laughs> but in their hearts, in their hearts, they did not have the oil of the Holy Spirit. So do you really want the Spirit? <laughs> what time do we have? Six minutes? Okay. We're going to take a break. And uh, in our second uh, session, five-minute break, in our second session, we're going to discuss in musical language the work that the Spirit of God is trying to do in our hearts. How the Spirit of God is seeking to bring us into harmony. Into what? Harmony. <laughs> harmony. The message is entitled, The Song of the Lamb. 
Imagine how many of you would like to sing that song at the end of time? How many of you can sing? (laughs) Well, guess what? (laughs) Good news and bad news. The good news is for that. The good news, really, for all. Well, the good news is this: for those of you that can't sing, this song has nothing to do with your voice. So you know what the bad news is. For those of you who have good voices, it doesn't make any day. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So the song of the Lamb, let's have a closing prayer very quickly and then we'll take a five minute break and then we'll come back for that second session. Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, that, that you would show us that while it is important to understand the word of God while it is important to have the light in these last days when you come back you're asking did you know me? and if we say that we knew you but had aught with our brother or sister if we held grudges, if we were unforgiving, you will say, the person that you refused to give, the person that you passed by, the person that you disregarded, that was me. You don't know me, and I don't know you. So teach us, Lord, to have the spirit of compassion. That we might truly be ready when you come from that far country to receive your goods. Give us that oil that we may be prepared for your coming is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.